Hey everyone, welcome to an unusual episode of The May Lee Show. As you can see, I'm kind of in a different place right now and I'm actually shooting this intro on my iPhone. Um, and I'll explain why this is so different. Um, look, this has been an uh, unbelievable week that we have all been through because of the shootings in Georgia. Um, I think we're still in such grief and shock uh, over the horror of what happened and the fact that this was all because of, you know, at least in my mind and a lot of people's minds who are of the AAPI community, we have been so fearful that something like this was going to happen uh, because of all the racism and the attacks and the assaults that have been happening all year long since COVID began. Uh, inflamed by um, the former president and his followers and just, you know, worsened by the day. So when this shooting in Georgia happened, my heart sank, of course. But then I said, oh my God, it happened. And that was my thought. I, I said to myself, this was going to happen if this hate wasn't going to stop. And now here we are. You know, we've lost the lives of eight people senselessly. And, you know, authorities are still trying to say that it's too early to call it a hate crime. Um, it's a hate crime. It's a hate crime and we know it. Um, and we need to keep pressuring authorities to call it what it is. Uh, so this is an unusual episode because instead of shooting, you know, uh, just an, an episode in the way I normally do, I had been filing a lot of different videos and I also on on social media, uh, my reaction, my thoughts throughout the week, um, and sharing with you all on social media. Uh, but then I had had been doing some media interviews. I I was on some panels discussing this very issue. And so I decided to just compile everything in order. Um, so what I've been doing and what I've been involved with for the last week as sort of like, you know, uh, encapsulating the week's events in terms of the way in which I've been presenting the information, but also sharing my anger and my frustration. And so many of you have responded on social media uh, to those videos that I've been shooting and um, saying that you have felt the very same way. So uh, he, just so for those of you who are watching, you're going to understand it because you'll be able to see the clips. For those of you who are listening via podcast, what you're going to might be a little confused by, so I'm going to explain it right now, is that some of these are videos of me just sharing thoughts on social media. And then I've also threaded in different appearances I made on news programs talking about this issue and some panel discussions I was on. Um, so you'll hear a few different voices, uh, but hopefully it'll all make sense, or at least you'll get you know, the general idea of, of what this is all about. But um, yeah, I mean, my heart is broken and this has got to stop. Okay, so watch and listen to this episode and then on the back end, I will be back with some final thoughts. So I am 
completely shocked, horrified, angry about what happened in Atlanta, Georgia, where a 21-year-old guy, Aaron Long, professed gun lover of guns, walked into three different Asian-owned massage parlors and killed eight people, eight innocent people. He shot dead. And I, I have to ask the question now, how many more Asian people have to die until people take this seriously? That there is a serious problem with anti-Asian hate in this country, a serious crisis going on with Asians being killed mercilessly, senselessly. And yet we still, I mean, at least I feel like there's still not a level of seriousness when it comes to the general public about this problem. Yes, there's more talk about it. Yes, there's more coverage about it, but there's no action. And I still feel this sense of like, well, it's not that big of a problem. So let me ask you this. What's an Asian life worth? Is, is, are eight dead Asians now worth the life of one white person? Three black people? I, I, sorry to be so frank about this, but I want to understand how many more people are we going to have to see die? Elderly, young people, women now. For this to be taken as a serious crisis that needs to be remedied, where action needs to be taken. I'm at a loss. I have been talking about this for over a year now, trying to get information out, trying to raise awareness, going on news programs, doing my show, talking to anyone I can, posting as much as I can. And I'm exhausted and I am I just, I just don't, I can't. So by now, most of you know what happened in Atlanta, Georgia yesterday when a 21-year-old gunman, I'm not going to say his name, walked into three different Asian massage parlors and killed eight people, six of them Asian women. And today, police are saying, investigators are saying that the perpetrator told them that this was not racially motivated. So they're going on that for now, that this was not racially motivated, that he has some sort of sex addiction and he was trying to cure himself of that by going in and killing all of these people in massage parlors. So they're going with that for the time being. So they're not calling this a hate crime or a race motivated hate crime. Well, we're all calling bullshit on this, of course, because he clearly was targeting Asian massage parlors. Asian women traditionally are seen as submissive and there's, you know, uh, there's fetishes of Asian women. We're hypersexualized. Uh, so that in itself is a stereotype and racist and having to do with the sexualization of Asian women. You can't deny that this is race related and he killed them. 
So that's driven by hate. So I am seeing so many of us right now posting on social media and spilling out our feelings of fear and hurt and just exhaustion. So I want to say to my Asian sisters, we all have felt this, right? We have all felt the, um, you know, that, that feeling of, of, of that fetishizing of Asian women. We've been, you know, hit on. We've been, you know, called these names, you know, uh, me love you long time, you know, all that shit, right? We all know what that's about. And that's a real thing. It exists. For those of you who are not Asian, you need to understand this. So for those investigators and the police in Atlanta who are looking into this crime and just it, don't, don't you dare try to dismiss this as anything else but a hate crime that's race driven. In my Asian sisters, we have to stay strong. We have to stay strong. We have to show the world that we are not weak. We are not some fantasy. We are not to be hypersexualized. And you guys know me. I'm a badass and I will kick your ass if you ever treat us this way. This shit has got to stop. I'm so done. I'm so done with this. Fight on everyone. All right. Let's break those stupid stereotypes created to keep us down. Created to oppress us created to make us feel invisible and like second-class citizens. We belong and we're going to fight back. Hey there. Um, I hope everyone is hanging in there. I know we're all really tired. Uh, we're really still in shock. Uh, we're hurting, uh, but we need to support each other and move forward and continue this fight. Um, I've been speaking to the media, I have different events and I'm trying to use any which way I can to inform and really finally try to emphasize the fact that this anti-Asian hate is a crisis. And I suppose the silver lining out of all of this, and I hate to even say it that way, but the silver lining is that now it's finally front and center. Now the media is finally talking about it and putting it at the top of their newscasts and on their front pages. And political leadership is finally addressing this in a serious manner. Um, so at least that now is front and center, that this is truly a crisis that everyone needs to address and everyone needs to pay attention to. That. Uh, you saw the news break. Uh, you read the stories coming out of Atlanta to see and learn about the victims your reaction, May, was what? Um, horror, just like everyone else. But as an Asian American who has been talking about this and living in fear and panic uh, for over a year now, um, you know, I hate to say this, but we saw this coming. We knew something like this was possible and very possible. And what angers me the most, and I think what angers a lot of people in the Asian American community about this is that it took something like this, mm -hmm. it took the murders of eight people, a mass shooting 
for people to finally pay attention to this crisis, that there is a real anti-Asian hate crisis in this country. And it's been going on for over a year, but it took eight people being murdered for people to finally pay attention. And that's what I think is so upsetting to us all. And that's why you are going to find a lot of people in our community sickened, exhausted, fearful, um, and just, you know, flabbergasted, really. Stop AAPI Hate uh, made the nonprofit here in the city that, that tracks attacks on Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders uh, has documented one, you know, a rise over the past year in anti-Asian incidents, and two, Asian women have disproportionately borne the brunt of abuse, and in Atlanta, six of the eight victims were women. Uh, do you, why, why? Why are women in the Asian American community being targeted more than men? Well, unfortunately, this goes along with the longstanding stereotype that Asian women are weak, we're submissive, uh, we won't complain, and so therefore we're vulnerable. And so therefore, yes, Stop AAPI Hate found that um, women, Asian women, were two and a half times more likely to be assaulted and attacked in uh, hate crimes. And so this in Georgia is case in point. Six of the eight victims were Asian women. Uh, this perpetrator saw them obviously as less than human, uh, less valued. And so, and this whole idea of the hypersexualization of Asian women, the fetishes that have existed for decades, no thanks to the media and entertainment. So this is a long-standing ideal, this sort of fantasy um, of Asian women and the weakness of Asian women. So therefore, people see us as, you know, um, a better target, an easier target. Sure. Uh, I will say personally, uh, don't anyone ever try to screw with me because uh, you'll be sorry. Let me ask you this, May. The federal government said, you know, 40 percent, I think, of hate crimes overall go unreported. Saying that, how important is it right now that Asian Americans, and I'm talking about young and old, all of them, speak yeah. out about incidents where maybe they were targeted, but, you know, they kind of kept it inside over the last Absolutely. few years, maybe decades. And I'm actually starting to see that on social media, more and more people speaking out. But in doing that, what will happen? Well, in doing that, there's going to be far more reports of these incidents, whether they be minor, um, you know, just verbal assaults or attacks uh, and physical attacks. We're seeing more of that, of course. And yes, it's the elderly community that most likely will not want to report because they don't want to make waves. They don't want to make any noise. However, because now the attention is so great, the awareness is rising so much about this issue as a crisis more and more people are going to speak out and they must, I beg of you, you must report these incidents. If you don't report, nobody's gonna know about it and nobody's going to do anything about it. Authorities will start paying more attention to this as a real problem if they see more and more reports and then we can put a stop to this. And we learned today that President Biden and the Vice President Kamala Harris will be traveling to Atlanta tomorrow to meet with uh, Asian American leaders there in the city. We'll see how this new administration handles this as uh, we move along in the months and years ahead. Uh, May Lee, always a pleasure to have you. You've you got a great podcast going and uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. To be able to admit to say that we're all still processing what May Lee had said when we were all in the green room together is that I think we could collectively all say that we're all at our own individual stages of grief and to be thankful for the spaces that open up. I know that there have been a number of them 
online, uh, in, in, in person's backyards, uh, on the phone, um, on Clubhouse, on, uh, on all the social media. And I'm just so thankful for the, the cacophony, the orchestra of voices that are out there. As we were saying before we started this program, yeah, we're all feeling still shocked and horrified. We're angry. We're tired. We're tired because we have been dealing with this for over a year. And so many of us have been talking about this, trying to raise the awareness, sound the alarm bells, and nobody listened. The mainstream media wasn't listening, political leaders weren't listening, and we were talking amongst ourselves, trying to raise awareness and nobody was listening. And it, 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 what that did was exaggerated the whole notion that we were invisible, that we didn't matter that our voices weren't being heard. What I feel, and I've been saying this over and over again, there is a lack of empathy that exists for the Asian American community. And the African American community, we all have empathy because we know the history of slavery. We know the suffering that they've gone through for four centuries, right? But Asian American stories and Asian American history has not been told and these incidents have not been shared amongst the general public, so therefore, people don't have that empathy for our community and our experiences and that needs to change mm -hmm. uh, the sad thing is though that the racist actions are still taking place of course against asians we know this we see it but then also the rhetoric continues uh, today uh, congressman from texas chip roy uh, in a judiciary hearing which was about anti-asian hate he started alluding to lynchings about how to solve crimes. And then he started talking about communist China. Um, and he was mentioning the fact that how do you define hate? You can't just define hate, even though what happened in Georgia, you know, is evil. But, you know, how do you define hate? Um, and then again, he started talking about communist China and how evil they are. And he used a slang that I'd never heard, chai -com. He kept on saying chai -com, chai -com. And so Grace Mung, the Congresswoman from New York, uh, pushed back during this hearing. In an emotional rebuttal, she said, you know, rhetoric like that from people like you and the former president is why there's a giant bullseye on the backs of all Asian Americans. It was very powerful. I'm not gonna be ashamed of saying I oppose the Chai Coms, I oppose the Chinese Communist Party. And, and when we say things like that, and we're talking about that, we shouldn't be worried about having a committee of members of Congress policing our rhetoric because some evildoers go engage in some evil activity as occurred in Atlanta, Georgia. Who decides what is hate? Who decides what is the kind of speech that deserves policing? I want to go back to something that Mr. Roy said earlier. Your president and your party and your colleagues can talk about issues with any other country that you want, but you don't have to do it by putting a bullseye on the back of Asian Americans across this country, on our grandparents, on our kids. This hearing was to address the hurt and pain of our community and to find solutions, and we will not let you take our voice away from us. Uh, and then, of course, we know about the Cherokee County Sheriff's spokesperson, uh, Jay Baker, who yesterday 
very just casually said that the shooter in Georgia was just having a really bad day. Uh, but then, of course, it was discovered that he had promoted racist coronavirus T-shirts on his Facebook last year. So this is a guy in a position where he's supposed to serve and protect the public. And there, there's a history of racism. So the news today is that they have pulled him off of the job of spokesperson. Uh, so he's not doing that for the time being, but that doesn't mean he's been fired or suspended uh, or anything like that. So stay tuned for that because we are pushing on that. Um, a couple of different organizations have started petitions, at, including the Maylee Show, to either remove him, have him resign or remove him. Um, but we can't detract from what happened. Eight people were killed, six of them Asian women. And we have to remember their lives. We have to remember that they were human beings, that they had full lives, that they were trying to provide for their families. So, so far we know the identities of five of the, sorry, six of the eight victims. Dao Yofeng, Delena Ashley Yan Gonzalez, Heian Jung Park, Julie Park, Paul Andre Michaels, Xiao Jie Tan, and then two other unnamed victims. So we need to remember them. We need to remember that there are families now who are suffering terrible loss and grief. The one thing that happened also today that gave me such um, hope that maybe this country is headed in the right direction with the right leadership um, is that President Biden put out a statement and a proclamation about what happened. And this is what it says. As a mark of respect for the victims of the senseless acts of violence perpetrated on March 16th, 2021 in the Atlanta metropolitan area, by authority vested in me as president of the United States by the constitution and the laws of the United States of America, I hereby order that the flag of the United States shall be flown at half staff at the White House and upon all public buildings and grounds at all military posts and naval stations, and on all naval vessels of the federal government in the D District of Columbia and throughout the United States and its territories and possessions until sunset, March 22nd, 2021. I also direct that the flag shall be flown at half staff for the same length of time at all United States embassies, legations, consular offices, and other facilities abroad, including all military facilities and naval vessels and stations. And it's signed Joe Biden. That is empathetic leadership in action. We have had a lack of that for so long that it comes as a shock when we see something like this. And it makes us cry and I have you know, people write to me uh, when I posted this saying that they cried because they finally felt that they were being seen, that they finally felt that they weren't invisible. Words matter, actions matter. So thank you, President Biden, for what you did. It means the world to us that we are seen and heard and being treated as if we belong, because we do. All right, so let's do this together, everyone. And please stay safe out there, all right? 
So hopefully you got an idea uh, through that compilation of clips and um, of, of, you know, some of the social media posts I had put on and, and some of the things that I had been involved with all week that, you know, we have to use our voices in any way we can. Uh, we have to now truly speak up and sustain that. Um, people need to finally listen. They need to hear us. They need to see us and they need to respect us. They need to realize that we are a community with power and that we will no longer take no for an answer or silence as an answer or be dismissed as an answer, be disrespected as Asians, as Asian women. We are going to control our narrative. We will take control of our narrative and that is something I want you all to understand and embrace. One step at a time. I'm not asking all of you to be activists and, you know, take huge risks, but we all need to come together collectively to make that change for the better and permanently. We cannot allow this to go unanswered. We cannot allow this to slowly fade into the darkness. We now know that the media, politicians, organizations, corporations are finally waking up to this. So we need to seize this and move forward for change forever, forever. Let me just leave you with two things. Um, I want to read the full names of all of those lives we lost because I think it's important that we always remember them and say their names. Sun Jung Park, she was 74. Hyun Jung Grant, 51. Son Ja Kim, 69. Yong Ae Yu, 63. Delena Ashley Yon, 33. Paul Andre Michaels, 54. Xiao Jie Tan, 49. And Dao Yu Feng, 44. You will not be forgotten. And finally, I did post something today um, just to recognize the support that our community is finally getting from all communities. Um, the rallies that are taking place across the country are phenomenal, phenomenal to see because you see people from all walks of life all colors, all ethnicities coming together uh, to support the AAPI community. Um, so I, I wrote this and posted on social media. I said, I want to thank those of you who have reached out knowing how painful this past week has been for the AAPI community. My hope now is that the deep pain that Asians have had to swallow for months, years, decades, centuries will finally be recognized. We want to be heard, seen and respected. We belong and we will fight for that right now and forever. Okay. Thanks for watching and listening, everyone. Take care, stay safe, and keep the fight going.